You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 28 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined in person for a change by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, pleasant change. Yeah, not doing too bad. Yeah, it's a lovely day in Bath, so nice to... Nice to be with you. It is. It's nice to be with you too. Normally, we're not too time specific, but we are doing this on February the 14th. And I don't want the listeners to read into that. But yes, this is definitely um, our (laughs) Valentine's Day um, podcast with me and Tom here in person. Um, On this week's episode, uh, we will be speaking to the Ilfracombe town manager, Clem Benelic. And um, uh, also Nick Stedman, the manager of uh, of Nowsey and Tickenham. We'll kick off where we kicked off last week, which was just to give you a, a brief update on where we are with the merger between the Peninsula um, League and um, and obviously the Tool Station Western League. We haven't been able to get uh, an interview with a board member this week simply because I don't think that there's they're not at a stage where they can elaborate. On, on where the merger is, other than to say that both leagues are now working with the Football Association. I can certainly say that from the conversations I have had with the board, uh, they remain committed um, to the merger project it, because I know from conversations that I've had um, over the last week that clubs, particularly those currently impacted by the very long travel distances and the financial burden that um, uh, that, that involves, um, are very keen on uh, not only understanding what the current situation is but more importantly what the situation will be for them uh, next season so when we're able to bring more information we will this is not really a time um, for conjecture I think Uh, so moving swiftly on uh, and um, a a little bit more disappointing news to bring uh, the uh, the listeners I'm sure they've already uh, they've already heard this but unfortunately Tom um, we had the FA Vars fifth round on uh, on Saturday, the 11th of February, and um, unfortunately, Bridgewater United have bowed out of that competition. Yeah, absolutely. That was our, our final team, as we all know. But um, yeah, they did fall to a 1-0 defeat at home to Ascot United, who have now put pay to couple of our sides hopes in in the uh, in the latter stage of the competition but yeah it was a well obviously a tight affair just the one goal and that was from uh, Harry Grant 11 minutes from time I think scoring thanks to an assist from his brother so it's a nice afternoon for those two but for yeah for Bridgewater a tough tough afternoon at the uh, the office uh, Jack Fawn coming close on a couple of a, a couple of occasions obviously they're without uh, Mr Taylor I think that was due to the suspension um, so uh, yeah he's usually a a good man to rely on for goals, but uh, not there on Saturday afternoon. As I say, Jack Thorne in either half coming close, uh, but not quite to be. And um, yeah, they'll obviously have to turn attention to, to league matters now. Yes, well, they're in prime position, aren't they? So hopefully mm. they can put the disappointment Absolutely. of that behind them. But um, yes, a close run thing there between Bridgewater and Ascot United. Um so we're moving to the Premier Division. Of course, we are talking about Saturday, the 11th of February, and we'll kick things off at Falmouth, where the visitors were Buckland, and the visitors would have gone home happy here, Tom. They would. Uh, a 2-0 win, which, um, yeah, Buckland twice in the space of four days, beating the same opponents, same scoreline. So quite a, yeah, quite a couple of days for for uh, for Buckland. Um, definitely having the... Uh, uh, the the, uh, the the run of the green against Falmouth twice in twice in the space of a few days and it was Jared Lewington he was on target twice uh, during the uh, during the home clash on on Tuesday and he was on target once again at Bickland Park slotting home a, a tenth minute penalty so I think Falmouth will be glad to see the back of him this season but uh, yeah they were well the, the home side were awarded uh, a penalty of their own after about half an hour but uh, Tim Nixon thwarted by 
uh, Andy Collins in the uh, in the Buckland Gold to keep 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 his clean sheet uh, intact, and then it was Ryan Bush uh, adding the finishing touches uh, to a to a to a, to another goal for Buckland, as I say, going two 0 up, and that was how it remained. So they've now won four on the spin in the league. So uh, yeah, going going good guns, Buckland. Absolutely, Helston Athletic. They were home uh, against Street, and um, well, that was the margin by which they won. <laughs> Absolutely, a five-one win for Helston. Um, yeah, the biggest scorers of the day in in the Prem, and it was Ricky Shepherd uh, scoring a brilliant hat trick for the home side in that one. Uh, yeah, really, um, yeah, pretty, pretty much putting putting Street away on his own. Uh, it was a pretty tight first half, to be fair. Uh, Shepherd's uh, goal right at the end of the uh, of the opening half. Uh, it was a rebound from a, a Jordan Cop penalty, which had been saved uh, by the visiting keeper. So uh, yeah, it was a say close close at the close at the break but from then on Helston really yeah did surge home and it was obviously Shepherd who was to the fore scoring twice more to, to make it 3-0 uh, and then a couple of uh, further goals Stephen Colwell from long range and then a debut home goal for, for Ross Dunstan completing the scoring uh, so obviously yeah um, good good afternoon for Helston Harry Foster on target again for street in defeat now our next game um, pits Ilfracombe Town against Cadbury Heath and this was a close affair it was yeah just the one goal to to Side this one it came uh, in the 20th minute uh, Tyler Evans Lude who's scored quite a few recently but yeah helping Ilfracombe claim the 1-0 win and that was a first league win since October which also came against Cadbury Heath in fact so interesting times but yeah good good to get Ilfracombe back in the winner's circle yeah and that's all it took for me to get them back onto the podcast we've spoken to Clem Benelic of course a couple of times over the last few seasons and uh, it was a pleasure to speak to him uh, again and I started off by asking him whether that win against Cadbury Heath was as close as the scoreline suggests um, it was it was a great win for us um, it was an important one where we just needed the three points performance wise I thought we did we did well at times but we just, like I said, if, if it needed to be ugly, it was ugly. If we needed to up our game a little bit, we did. Um, we created a lot of chances, and their goalkeeper, I thought, was was superb. To be fair to him, he had a he had a great game. But yeah, no, when you say close, I, I don't think Cavalry he really had a shot on target. I don't think they had you know any sort of chances in the game. And like I said, really, if it wasn't for their goalkeeper, I think it could have been. You know, quite comfortable with three or four nil, and and yeah, even better scoreline really. Because it came only a few days after that win over Bishop Sutton in the Les Phillips Cup. Yeah, uh, yeah. So football's. I mean, it's it's crazy how things swing. Um, after sort of a, a tough run of form, we've then gone three unbeaten now. So um, yeah, it sort of swung in the other direction now. And, and well, that that three unbeaten includes that excellent point against Helston so you know I think um, confidence must be returning to your team yeah definitely and and I think you know to in some ways it never really went because you know there were certain factors that have sort of affected um, a few things you know in, in terms of injuries and absentees and that sort of thing not that that's an excuse because you know we never look at that as an excuse but um, yeah sometimes when you play teams and you know, um, you go away to certain places with, you know, a few missing, you just got to try and dig deep. And, you know, it almost felt like a, a, a an away performance playing Helston at home because I like to think we're sort of quite an attacking team. We open up and we try and score goals and play on the front foot. But this time we sort of set up quite defensively because we, and when I say we didn't have a striker in the squad, we genuinely didn't have a striker in the squad. Um, we had a couple of missing, one injured, and we sort of thought we'd try and 
sort of set up a little bit more defensively and we put two wingers up front and yeah, we just sort of sat in, soaked up the pressure and um, and tried to catch them on the break. So I, I was very, very pleased with, with the way we performed out of possession and just sort of, yeah, very patient, but also defended with sort of the way I'd like the, the lads to perform, really. So, yeah, very pleasing. And it sort of set up that start of, you know, like we said, the, the turn of fortunes, really. And it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? Um, when people say, oh, well, you know, it was a very entertaining nil-all draw. But actually, of course, I was there. Um, yes. It was my first visit to Marlborough Park, and um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. It was a, it was a thoroughly um, entertaining arm wrestle, and I think it became, for me, on the sidelines, it became apparent that the longer you frustrated Helston, the more chance there was that you might get that elusive goal on the break. Is that how yeah. you felt? <laughs> yeah, definitely, and and I think um, Steve Massey sort of summed it up in the commentary, and he said it. You know, it would have been daylight robbery if we had won it in the end, and and he probably would have been right. But it was one of those where you know, like, like you say, it was it was still a bit of a thriller in terms of a nil nil draw. It was probably one of the better nil nil draws you'd see. Um, there was a lot of chances, and I think Helston had probably three or four very very good chances in the first fifteen twenty minutes. So um, fair play to our lads for sort of digging deep and you know, sort of nullifying nullify their very good threat because, you know, especially their sort of, I think their two strikers are, are, are fantastic goal scorers. And if you can keep them too quiet, then you've got half a chance. And like you say, suddenly after 45 minutes, after 60 minutes, after 75 minutes, suddenly then our lads are going, look, we could create a little half chance here and, you know, potentially be keeping the three points in Ilfkin. But yeah, um, after that sort of point in the clean sheet against a very, very good team and, and a very well-drilled team. I think Matt Cusack, the, the manager, is brilliant, and, and mm. he's gone playing, you know, good football. And also, very, you know, with him, they're going to be very organised. So, yeah, I was absolutely delighted with that. And like I said, starting of a, a, a good little run, really. You were happy. I was happy because on the day we raised nearly 150 pounds for yeah. Devon Mind from our our bucket collection, which is, I, I've you know, I've heaped praise upon not only your club but the generosity of the Helston fans that were that were at the game as well i mean pound for pound that's one of the best collections we've had across the southwest um but from your perspective as 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 a manager how aware are you of the challenges that your players are facing over their mental health for me it's finding that balance with being a manager and a friend and a lot of our players you know i've sort of known for many many years some we've brought in in the last sort of six months a year um and like you say, I think as a manager, you know, with the chairman of the club and, and, and you come in, you've, you've got a bit of a responsibility to be that sort of figurehead at the club where I like to think my players can come to me if they're struggling in terms of football, but also outside of football. If, if there's anything they need to talk to me about, then I won't sort of name names, but I've had instances in the past where a few of our players have been down, whether it's been girlfriends or just general sort of troubles and and yeah I'm 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 always there and I I like to think that like I say it comes with sort of that role and and being approachable and trying to make sure that you can you know help people that are having those sort of times because we all go through it um and yeah you know like you've you've done with your sort of fantastic work with with the charity really is just to sort of show that actually if there's one person that they can talk to, it's potentially could save and, and change a life. So, um, yeah, so important. And I, I'm really, really glad that the supporters and the clubs have sort of got behind it. And on the day, it was a, it was a really good, 
well, really good day, but also a, a good take for the, for, the, for the charity, really. So, yeah, really, really pleased with that. You mentioned earlier in the interview that you've had a bit of a, uh, a, a bad patch of form recently. Obviously, the last three games have been a significant improvement upon that. I mean, what do you put that down to? Is, is there a particular challenge that you've been facing? Yeah, and I think to some extent you, you look at every game and you think actually 99% of these games, if not 100% you, you, in the Western League Premier, you look and you think it's a tough game. No matter what, you know, whether you're playing the team at the bottom, a mid-table team or a top team, it's going to be a tough, tough challenge. And, and there's no team where you look at and go, we should be winning today. And I think that's the most important thing that people realise now. I think it's, it's such a competitive league. You know, a team that at bottom can beat the top team, mid-table teams are taking points off the top team, and you know, vice versa. So, yeah, I think it's it's one of those where every challenge is different. Um, I don't think it's necessarily always that the form's really, really bad. It might just be that you know we play Barnsley on Boxing Day, and we, we I thought we were poor, um, but actually you look back now, and although I don't think Barnes I don't think Barnsley at their best when they beat us, and and they they were comfortable on the day, which is. I mean, still now it's disappointing. Um, but actually, you look at them now, I think they've been unbeaten since then and have put together a very, very good sort of run of form. So, yeah, sometimes you just t- catch people on a very, very good day. You find yourself on a bad day and then suddenly, yeah, that can sort of continue because momentum in football is massive. Um, and like we spoke about a couple of times, it sometimes flips and then suddenly you get a good point against Houston and then get two wins afterwards. So, I've been really enjoying the, the the challenge again, and and the sort of the different challenges you face playing each different team and your Bristol teams, and then suddenly going down to Cornwall and and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I don't I don't like to use excuses. I know I mentioned earlier that injuries, absentees, and that sort of thing. Um, but with sort of a small squad, I think it certainly has affected us. Um, so we've we've brought in a young lad from our reserves and under 18, Lewis Rigler, who's 16, 17, and and he's done brilliantly well. And I think. Because we've sort of, as a club, we've got no major pressure of, you know, the club's realistic in their expectations. We don't, you know, we don't feel like there's major sort of expectations to be right up there in the top sort of five, four, three, as much as we'd love to be in and around those spots. There's not always that sort of, yeah, pressure. So we, we can take the sort of shackles off the lads and we can bring these young players through and sort of let them learn on the job, which I think is important. And, and like I say, Lewis has really thrived from that. So, um, I'm really pleased with that and hopefully there'll be many more to come through that as well Now I look at your league position you're 14th and I mean I think that you're a better club than that is that how you look at the table? Yeah I think to some extent yes and I, and I look at it and I think we've still got a few games in hand on a few and if we can put another little sort of mini run together whether that's three or four games or whatever it might be then that would be great Um but then you look at some of the teams that are above and you think, actually, I mean, there's some very, very good clubs in this league and, and there's some, you know, top teams right up there that are throwing things, you know, resources at um, trying to go up into the Southern League. So I think we're a sort of, unfortunately, we're a world away from that at the moment. It's not something that we've sort of talked about in the club just because, yeah, resource-wise, small little club, small little town, I don't think we're sort of anywhere near that. So to some extent, um, like I said, we're a world away from that, but it's great to be competing with that because, like I said, we've picked up points at Bridgewater, Salt Ash, Mouse, all these sort of teams, especially away. Um, we've picked up some good points there. So I'm pleased, um, like I said, with the club. They're sort of not panicking. It's expectations and managing that. 
and just trying to compete as much as we can. And like last season, really, we found ourselves for a month or two, we were fourth in the league and then we sort of, well, we finished eighth and we, and we were very pleased with that. And, and if we can build on that this season, brilliant. If we're sort of in and around that area, I think that's probably realistic. Um, and yeah, and hopefully year on year, we can sort of just build and build and grow from there. Um, now, one piece of news that you obviously will be aware of is the um, the current difficulties in the talks between the Western League and the Southwest Peninsula League over the merger of the two leagues. I mean, what um, what does that news mean to your club? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, um, uh, the first thing I would say is I absolutely love the travelling. I'm, I'm reasonably new to it in terms of, you know, we've been in the Western League this is our second year. Um, and as a club, we just, I mean, I, th- I feel like sometimes we, we can sign players off of having such good socials. I know that sounds really silly, but our away days, we've got a great bunch of lads. Um, our long journey homes, we have an absolute amazing time on the way home. So um, I've, I've really enjoyed that. And personally, I absolutely love going down to Cornwall and I love going up to Bristol. So um, I'm in two minds in terms of the merger and what happens to go forward. I do totally understand clubs, um, you know, needing financial help or, or needing something to change because I understand that it can be, you know, a big burden and, and sort of, you know, a lot of money being lost from clubs if they are travelling down from Bristol all the way down to, you know, your Marysals and those sort of places. Um, so I do think, you know, there's got to be some sort of conclusion and I'm sure they will get together with the FA and I'm sure something will happen. Um, both both leagues I think you know we've been part of the peninsula for I think we were there for two years and what a brilliantly run league it is Phil Hiscock I I don't think I've ever heard anyone say a bad word about him I think as as a whole running that league and as a secretary he's been fantastic um, and then coming into the, the Western League I think they do things a little bit differently but again I think things are done professionally and very well so I, I can understand to some extent why there is a little bit of friction between the two. Sometimes it's it's harder to give up certain roles, responsibilities when you have to come together. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure they will come to some sort of conclusion where um, it will benefit the club and, and and everyone involved in, in sort of the southwest football going forward, really. I mean, obviously you're very familiar with the challenges that you know you face not only as a manager in recruiting players but obviously your club faces financially when you think about football not just um you know in the league but at, you know even in your in your area in devon um is is the issue of sustainability the, the critical one in in terms of sort of this the you know the proposed merger i mean you mentioned that the traveling has been um a positive for you but could you envisage a time in a, you know in a few seasons time when actually that positive would become a burden yeah possibly and and you know i've i've had this conversation with other managers and players that have been doing it for years and they say actually yeah like you say it becomes a bit of a burden they don't want to be travelling all the way down that you know south or, or or midweek up to bristol and you know when you're having to do a half day or go up there with half a squad because you've got teachers and doctors and whatever else it might be um, so yeah I, I totally understand it but then I would say some people's arguments would be if you want to play you know a step five or or even step four in the future and that sort of level of football then you have to understand there will be a lot of traveling so I can see both arguments um, like I say I'm quite fresh to that sort of westerly travel and 
I personally like to keep it fresh every year or every couple of years by, um, you know, going and visiting new grounds and, and playing new places. So I've really enjoyed it. But like you say, in a few years' time, possibly it might need a reshuffle. So um, I'm sure eventually, like like we've said a few times, there will be, you know, some sort of conclusion which I think will suit the, the sort of southern clubs, which the Cornish teams can sort of have almost a border. I think the border would probably go along like Wellington and between us and Barnsley or us and Barnsley and Wellington in a way um, which side we'll go I don't know I think the earlier these talks can happen and the earlier we can sort of plan going forward the better um, just so that we've got a bit of um, insight into which way we're going because again it's surprising how much you know a, a small club like Ilvergoom that actually we've got a, a small committee but a fantastic committee that are already planning on trying to raise X amount for travel for next year and, you know, that sort of thing. So knowing that early doors is only going to help with the club and, and planning and sustainability going forward. Let's talk about the football again. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you're playing Helston again. Um, yeah. um, but this time it's at Kellaway Park. That's going to be a real test for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, like I said earlier, I think, you know, I've got a lot of respect for, for the manager and the team down at Helston. I think it's it's a great project. It's been a nice project to sort of watch from afar, watching their highlights and, and seeing how they progress as a team. I think it's, it's reasonably similar to us, how we've sort of come from sort of the lower leagues in North Devon. They've done the same sort of thing in, in Cornwall and come through the peninsula and, and sort of made their way up. Um, into the Western League so yeah and I think they're a team that you know want to just continue to push on so it's it'll be a great fixture I'm sure um, I always think when we go up against them there's it's either going to be an absolute cracker like the 7-2 or potentially a, a, a decent game but potentially a, a nil-nil or a one-nil either way so yeah I think it's um, an exciting potential like I said earlier they've got some some very good players but so do we. So, um, yeah, I'm sure the boys are absolutely buzzing for it. And like I said, we sort of taken the shackles off the lads and they can play with some freedom now, which is great. And I think when we come up against teams that are, that are up there, sometimes they're a little bit more rigid because they don't want to make mistakes. Um, whereas our lads can play with that full freedom. And, and I think that can be dangerous sometimes for other teams, which is good. And my thanks to Clem for his time. Now, one final game to bring you in the Premier Division um, saw Torpoint Athletic um, play uh, Clevedon Town, and Torpoint uh, will have been pleased uh, with this result, Tom. Yeah, they would, and they look to be yeah turning things around. I would say got seven points from a possible twelve uh, since the turn of the year. So, uh, and that was on the back of a three-one win over Clevedon. So, yeah, a couple of a couple of headed goals helping them move two ahead at the interval. Uh, Sam Hilson and Ryan Richards uh, both finding the back of the net in this one. Uh, it was Seasiders then who scored uh, Stratnax, pulling one back through Tom Kemble early in the second half. Uh, but then it was Jake Smith, uh, it was about 10 minutes from time, wrapped things up, uh, giving Torpoint, as I say, another win. So, uh, yeah, good good, good, good turnaround recently for, for Torpoint, a uh, 3 one over Clevedon. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah. 
They do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want to help in hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, looking into the first division, and we kick things off with a six-goal thriller at Longwell Green Sports, where the visitors were Shire Hampton. Yeah, Shire Hampton back, back to winning ways. Um, had a had a midweek midweek defeat, but uh, yeah, four-two win uh, for them away at Longwell Green. So yeah, good good going for them. Uh, they did fall behind in the early stages, but yeah, they really held their nerve after that. Scott Bamford scoring in either half. Uh, he's having a, a stellar season. Uh, and then there was further goals from James Kenway and Will Gallagher. So, yeah, big big win for Shirehampton. And that, yeah, having a, a pretty decent season, all things considered, I would say. And a close run affair between Portishead Town and Cheddar. Yeah, Portishead definitely, uh, yeah, getting used to these 1-0 wins. Uh, and both uh, both over the, the recent recent couple of days have come thanks to Callum Townsend goals. So he's, uh, yeah, finding a niche. 1-0 wins, Callum Townsend scoring the winner. Uh, did the... Did the did the same against Shirehampton, who we've just touched on uh, on Wednesday evening, I think it was, uh, and then yeah, back on target again against the Cheeseman. So back to back wins for uh, Porter's Head and sneaking home by a goal to nil against Cheddar. And a rather one-sided affair between Radstock Town and the Bishops of Lydiard. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a basement battle, but I think uh, one of the uh, trends that I've well, not not I've picked up on, but has been pretty pretty uh, pretty obvious over the last couple of uh, couple of weeks is the, the bottom half or the bottom sort of six or so in in the first division is starting to rack up wins at a, at a rate of knots. It's it's pretty crazy. And Radstock, yeah, obviously. One of those that are uh, doing the business at the moment, but a six-nil thumping win for them. Um, yeah, never in doubt really. Uh, Jack Farian uh, and Corey Rawling scoring quick succession to to put them two goals to good at half time, uh, and then it was M Rawlings who really came to the fore. Couple of couple of further goals from him at the beginning of the second half, uh, completing his hat trick, uh, and then further goals from Seth Wayne and uh, Harrison Newman really um, completing the route. So they're now up to 18th. I think we're going to touch on the the league tables later, but yeah, they are the um, yeah. One of the form sides in the entire division. That was the game that I was at at the weekend. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Was it enjoyable? It was very enjoyable. I had a lovely time. I took my daughter, and um, we always enjoy our visits to uh, to Radstock, um, a very friendly club, and they were launching a new away kit, um, which is a rather mm. dashing white affair with purple fade. Oh, nice. Um, which I was rather hoping to be able to get. I put, I put in an order for mm-hmm. for Juliet. She's going to get the uh, she's sure going to get the flying, junior version. She'll be flying off the shelves. So. Well, I, I think they might be now. It's very um, very dashing, and of course, the perfect way to christen it with that with that win. But mm. I have to say that actually, in the first half, um, Bishop's Lydia had more than held their own, and it. You know, they were getting a lot of men behind the ball and I didn't think Bradstock, you know, there was no given thing that they were going to break them down. But um, as is so often the case with a team at the wrong end of the table, when that first goal goes in, you do sometimes worry that it's going to be followed by a few others in quick succession. If you remember, we had Bishops Lydiard on the podcast not that not that long ago. And um, I can remember from that interview that they're in a, in a situation where they're using a lot of um, under-18s players, which reminded me of... Um, the situation that Devizes found themselves in uh, last season. And um, sadly, the same was true there, that actually technically some very good players. I mean, hats off to Lydiard because they kept going, you know, for the full 90 minutes. Um, but, you know, those little mistakes um, cost them in the end and, and Radstock took their chances. So, um, yeah, a very enjoyable day out, plenty of goals and um, Bishops Lydiard dust themselves off and go again, I think. Uh, I think that's the best way um, to put that. 
One final game to talk about in the First Division, and that's Warminster Town. They've been undergoing something of a renaissance, as we've been talking about, of course. And Nailsie and Tickenham, who, um, well, they've been uh, one of the outstanding success stories of, uh, of of this season. And so it continued on Saturday. Yeah, so this would not have been an easy game for them. And obviously the result indicates that. They did come home with the three points, but a two-on win. So, uh, yeah, it was a tight affair. Uh, but Nelsie and Tickenham continue to yeah maintain uh, top spot at the moment. I think, as I said, we will we will go in depth on the on the tables later. But uh, yeah, two on win, and it was a couple of uh, goal scorers who were yeah been amongst it all season really. Uh, Luke Osgood and Joe Berry both on the, uh, the on the leading charts this season, and uh, as I say, they were both on target once again on Saturday afternoon. It proved proved crucial. Uh, a two on win away at Warminster. Well, we spoke to Nick Stedman right at the very beginning of the season. It was one of those interviews with a new club where, you know, it very much was all about getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Clearly, um, Nailsie and Tickenham's body of work is now quite substantial. So the opportunity to revisit um, this, their first season in the first division of the Tool Station Western League was really in, an interesting opportunity uh, for us to, to, to speak to Nick. Um, so I started my conversation by reflecting on that uh, game against Warminster and um, and the fact that the uh, that Nailsie and Tickenham um, were really made to work for the win. Yeah, Warminster away was always going to be a tough fixture. Um, we played them uh, the first game of the season and got the three points with a 3-0 win. Um, so, yeah, we were expecting a tough game and, and probably a bit of revenge. Um, but the three points is what we come away with, which is the most important thing. Um, but, yeah, they, they did make us work for it. They had a, a, a very good squad, uh, a couple of very good players, Um and they did get their they got consolation goal with about thirty seconds or a minute to spare, uh, and it was a very good goal. But credit to our boys, the effort uh, and the team spirit, the togetherness, the performance was just absolutely excellent. Um, and we could have had three or four really uh, during that ninety minutes. Now your form has been excellent all all season, but um, the wheels did come off. Um, against um, Shirehampton last weekend. Um, I guess that was probably not a result that you saw coming. Um, good question. I think <clears throat> every team is, is, is tough in this league and you don't know what to expect. Um, and as you've seen it over, over the season so far, anybody can beat anyone. Um, it was frustrating that we were at home, um, but it just wasn't our day with regards to quality was missing which which I can accept at times I haven't got a problem with that and and, and the same with, with Jamie uh, the co-manager but the standards of, of, of working hard is the minimum kind of effort and expectation um, and we didn't have it uh, and to be honest you know Shire worked their, their socks off and, and they did deserve the three points so credit to them um, I've got I've got to be honest with that um, there's no real excuses from, from our side and it was it was certainly a disappointing result but the reaction going to Warminster was, was exactly what we needed. Are you surprised at just how well your side seems to have acclimatised to life in the Western League First Division? Um, yes and no. Um, I think we were obviously underdogs for uh, a large part of the start of the season, should we say, um, because no one knew us, no one what, knew what we could kind of bring and do. But for myself and Jamie, we knew what we had and we knew what we needed to add to compete at this level. Um, 
And at the start of the season, you know, we sat down with the committee and the chairman and said that our goal was to aim for the top six. I think that was was, was achievable. And, and obviously where we stand right now, we're, we're certainly in the mix for that. Because we spoke last right at the start of this season. So, of course, mm. at the time, you'd only played a couple of games. Uh, and I guess over the course of the last few months, you've got much more familiar with the standard of football in the Western League um, First Division. I mean, when you reflect on how well you did last season, what's the what's the gap like? Is it is it is there actually much of a gap from what you were experiencing in the county league, or you know, is it actually a testament to how well your players have done that they are able to have made such progress in such a short period of time? Um, a bit of both, if if I'm being honest. I think there there's certainly a gap. Um, players are better, they're stronger, they're fitter at, at this level um, compared to, to, to Somerset County. Um, but you have got some very good teams in Somerset County um, that do test you. Um, but I think that the main thing is, is, is the pace of the game, um, if, if I'm honest, and, and the way teams press and how aggressive they are. Um, quality, there's not much difference. I don't think there's huge amounts of football being played at Tall Station, especially in the winter months, just because of pitches and conditions and things like that it's really really tough to for teams to play how they want to play um so you know it's more of a physical battle um and coming from from the squad that we've got you know the physicality side of things is is something that we're you know we're very very strong in now you're top of the table at the moment albeit on goal difference but you are still there Mm -hmm. um do you prefer life being the hunter or the hunted um, I, I would probably say the hunted because at the end of the day, yes, you know, Wells and, and Briz, who are, are both excellent teams, have got games in hand on us, but they've still got to go and win those games. Um, so, yeah, I would like to, to try and maintain at the top. You, you've just got to take it game by game. I don't really focus on the end of the season or the next four or five games. It's literally what, what, what game's in front of you. And you just got to play that, that that 90 minutes and see what you can do. Um, so we were used to it from last season. Um, I think we were top pretty much from from game one all the way through. Um, so the, you know the boys know what to expect, um, especially with the, the, the standards that we set. So yeah, I'd say Jamie and myself would both prefer to be to be hunted. Now, if we were normally talking about things like championship titles and promotion, it would be easy for you to dismiss that type of talk as taking you know each game at it time uh, you know each game as it comes and mm-hmm. um and, and and playing it down but i think there's an added dimension this season because of course there was the prospect of a merger with the southwest peninsula league and the formation of the of a new league the western peninsula league yeah. um and for the for the purposes of populating those step 5 divisions um then we've this season on the podcast and you know in the press we've been talking about the top four going up so this must have been a project that was on your radar and I guess the the prospect of talks breaking down and that not happening is gonna is gonna be something that you're gonna have an opinion on yes uh certainly have an opinion on it um I think most people will obviously I think all clubs are are hoping and have their fingers crossed that there, there will be that merger purely to the fact of, uh, I suppose, travel uh, involved. You can see the difficulties that um, 
the Western League Premier Division are, are having and games being postponed and I suppose financially booking coaches for away games is it does cost a lot of money um, and it is, it, the financial side is, is what's going to take a massive, massive hit. Um, and, you know, from our side of things, if we were in that position come the end of the season where there was a merger and we could go up and we've got the standards and the facilities to do it, which which we do, um, we were very much all for that. Um, if it doesn't happen, then that's something that, yeah, you'd obviously seriously have to consider, especially if we do end up in, you know, the, the top two, if that's, that's, you know, if it is two teams that go up. Um, the sustainability of the club is, is the most important thing. Um, and I, to be honest, I can't answer right now whether we could afford uh, and we were able to do it. Obviously, we would do everything we possibly can to, to make it happen. But going back to what I just said, it's making sure that the club are sustainable and can, I suppose, can live with that. Um, so it does put a huge dent in, I suppose, the excitement um, because every team coming to, to, to play football, to be competitive, to, to win things, um, to be able to get promoted. Um, and if we could do it back-to-back seasons, you know, whether that's history or not, I do not know. Um, but it's it's a real, real difficult situation to be in right now. So all I can say is, is you know, fingers crossed that the merger does happen and things do get resolved. But that's totally out of our hands at the minute. We've just got to carry on doing what we're doing on and off the pitch to make sure that we're in a position to be able to try and achieve that, if that makes sense. I mean, if you were talking to a member of the Western League board instead of me now, is mm-hmm. that the sort of is that the question is that the line of questioning that you would be following about the you know the financial implications of how next season's going to play out, or is there yeah. another question that actually is more top of your mind? No, I, I think that is the, it is the question. I think that the, it does come down to 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 the financial stability uh, of a, of a club and how they can expect certain clubs to be able to afford that you know especially if you don't pay your players or you pay your coaches or your committee or your volunteers etc you know it's a lot of money to try and find for a for for a small football club um that is trying to do the right things on and off the pitch but this is just going to be then another hurdle to to try and overcome um you know and, and you've got to think going down to to some of the Cornish sides midweek you're then asking your lads that have got full-time jobs have got families to try and leave work or take half a day's holiday to go down there and and play and you know that's that's a lot to ask for for people that aren't even really semi-professional players um so you know it, it makes total sense that there was this discussion and the merger was potentially happening um but that would be my my main concern or, or, or probably the question at the top of my list on well, what do you expect clubs to do you know moving forward if things don't change let's talk about the football because that's a lot more entertaining mm-hmm. um uh you've got longwell green up next followed by yes. hengrove uh, midweek uh that's yes. on paper two winnable games but i guess you can't really take anything for granted after that shirehampton result no, absolutely not. Um, you know, as I, as I said, it's it's very cliche, but you take it game by game. Again, we're at home um, to Longwell. We haven't played them this season. 
Um, so we don't know what to expect. Yes, you can see them uh, kind of mid-table, I suppose, uh, but they have picked up points against some of the top top sides this season. Um, and, you know, their results are very, very mixed, so they are relatively inconsistent. So it totally depends on, on what team they bring, um, if they're fully strength, um, and obviously likewise for us. But we'll be going into the game very confident after the Warminster performance. The Shire performance now is at the back of our minds. We worked on things that we lacked um, at training over the last couple of weeks and obviously put that into practice last Saturday. Um, so, yeah, very much looking forward to it. And then it's a quick turnaround against Hengrove on the Tuesday. Um, but again, it's another game at home. We beat them away 5-6-2, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, so going in with full confidence and yeah, we just need to keep picking up three points to stay at the top of the top of the pack. And then you've got a game against Wells in early March. Uh, now under, you know, if I was going to get carried away with myself, then I would say, oh, you know, this is going to be the championship decider. It's a six pointer. But actually, there are still a lot of games to play this season for both clubs, aren't there? So I guess that doesn't actually make that game as decisive as perhaps um, it might otherwise be. No, absolutely not. It's a game that both both teams are obviously going to want to win um, to give the other team a bit of breathing space. I mean, if we can obviously get the three points, then uh, we'll they'll still have a game in hand, but we'll go back level on points and our, our goal difference is a lot stronger. Um, but I do know Sean Potter very well, the Wales manager, um, and I know obviously his team is very well structured and he's doing a great job there. So, you know, all credit to, to him. Um, but yeah, we're certainly not going to be taking any prisoners um, when it when it comes to game day, especially again on on, on home turf. And my thanks to Nick for his time. Now, we will take a look at the upcoming fixtures for Saturday, the 18th of February. And uh, we'll kick off, as we always do, in the Premier Division. Tom, what game has caught your eye there? Oh, yeah. Let me go first again. I'm going to go for Shepton against Saltash. So we've got the top side travelling to take on a, a team that obviously changed of management um, not that long ago, which yeah really did pay dividends at first. And they were, they were racking up the wins. Uh, and I think, yeah, Saltash not going to be a... Obviously, it's a fair fair distance for them to travel uh, Saturday afternoon, but uh, yeah, I think it will be a good test for them to to see where they're at because they've not been not been firing on all cylinders recently. Obviously, off the back of a, a good win last weekend, um, so yeah, I think that should be an intriguing contest. And I'm going to look towards the bottom end of the table. Um, Wellington uh, entertained Cadbury Heath. Cadbury Heath, of course, talked about earlier, they lost at Ilfracombe. I'm sure they'll be looking to put that right. There is a little bit of space between these two sides in the table in terms of um, points, which we will talk about when we do the table roundup. But they are next to each other um, towards the foot of the table. So, in, 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 you know, in terms of sort of the mind games, I'm sure Cadbury Heath will want to get one over Wellington and Wellington will want to stretch away um, and make that gap a little bit bigger. So for me, that's an intriguing tie this Saturday. Uh, looking at the first division then, Tom, what uh, what's tickled your fancy there? Going for a bit of a, a mid-table battle between two sides relatively uh, close to close to where I live in Bath. We've got Bishop Sutton against Odd Downs. So yeah, that's just an intriguing game for, for many reasons. But yeah, both in the mid-table really. A um, couple of points splitting them. So yeah, I think it should be a pretty tight contest. And they've both got goal scorers who are banging form. We've got uh, Luke Bryan and Craig Wilson going up against one another. It'll be uh, interesting to see who comes out on top. I'm going to go for another one of these um, these 
games that pitch two sides close in the table together. Um, Shirehampton take on Warminster Town. Shirehampton um, currently sitting in sixth, only three points above Warminster. So Warminster um, could uh, could uh, really gain ground on those teams above them if they are able to take um, maximum points. Um, so I'm sure, again, another keenly contested affair. Now, on the grounds that I keep on um, previewing the table, why don't we talk about the table? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, do you want to kick us off in the Premier Division? Who are our league leaders? Yeah, absolutely. So we have got, as I mentioned, Saltash are top of, top of the table at the moment. 26 games played. Uh, they're on 59 points. But we have a team that are, are surging, haven't we? Uh, Mausel, 23 games played. They've won 16 of those. Another big win on the weekend. Uh, 3-1 at Welton, I think that was. Uh, and they're up to 54 points. So just five off top. Uh, and they've seemed, seemingly always got games in hand. So uh, that's that remains the case. And uh, yeah, win those and uh, they'll, they'll be on, in top spot. Uh, Bridgewater in third currently. Uh, obviously now out of uh, out of the cup. So uh, concentrating back on league matters. 24 games played. So that's two less than Saltash. Uh, one more than uh, Mausel, and they're on 52 points. That's seven off, off top spot. And then we've got a, a, a nice batch uh, of teams that have sort of just just gone through the 40 point mark. That are, yeah, probably probably battling for fourth, but you never know. A, a massive second half of the season if they just uh, maintain a big long winning streak, you never know what could happen. So we've got Buckland currently in in fourth, 25 games played. They're on 46. Uh, you've then got Barnstable, a couple of games in hand, 22 they've played, and they're on 44, so they're averaging two a game. Obviously, that's quick maths, but um, yeah, they're doing all right. And then we've got Shep de Mallet, who obviously have that big game on, on Saturday that we mentioned, 21 games they've played. Right, they've managed to win 13 of those, so that's a, a pretty good record, and they're on 43 points. And I shall take a look at the foot of the table, and I think we might be seeing a gap open up now um, between those sides um, at the bottom and those sides at the bottom half of mid-table. Um, at bottom of the table is Canesham. They've played 25. They've got 12 points. Above them, Cadbury Heath, who've played only 23. They've got 14 points. Then above them, Wellington, who've played only 21. Uh, they've got 18 points. And then above them is Sherbourne Town, They've played 23 and they've got 19 points. So seven points separating the sides from 16th down to 19th, which is obviously um, a good run of results. Could see a little bit of movement there, but there is a gap. Uh, and then above them in 15th, we've got Tor Point. And uh, Tom made the point earlier that, of course, they've been on a, a good run of form recently. And I suspect they may well be pulling away and we'll see a bit of a gap between those sides um, in 15th and above, and perhaps the likes of Sherbourne, Wellington, Cadbury, Heath and Canesham, who may well find themselves occupying those bottom places um, for the next couple of months. But what do I know? What do I know? <laughs> um, let's talk about the first division, Tom. Who's sure. going Who's going well there? We have uh, still got two teams locked level at the top. Uh, Nailsy and Tickenham uh, remain in, in first place as it stands on goal difference. Uh, 57 goal difference as opposed to Wales to 45. Both on 69 points. Nailsy and Tickenham have played two games more. So, in theory, Wales are in the in the better position. But, yeah, they currently sit second. But another, yeah, hard-fought win on the weekend for them. So, they're keeping keeping pace with Nailsy and Tickenham. Uh, we've then got Brislington, who are, yeah, the team at the moment, I would say. Uh, 26 games played, 21 victories, 65 points. So, that is a, a couple of games in hand on Wales and four in hand on, on Nailsy and Tickenham. Just four points off the top now. So, they're definitely coming up fast on those two, aren't they? A huge 8-0 win on the weekend away at Wincanton, which I don't think anyone saw coming. A fellow top-half side. So, that is a... 
uh, definitely a, a marker laid down. I think worth noting the first six goal scorers in that game, all different, all different players. So um, yeah, they've got a number of players banging form at, at just the right time, really, for a, for a second half surge. You've then got Oldland, who are inc- doing incredibly well at the moment. Another win for them as well on the weekend. Uh, 26 games played, they're on 56. Uh, and then you've got FC Bristol, who are just one point uh, off, off reaching the half century mark. They're on uh, 49 points from 29 games played. So that's the top five in the in the first. And if we have a look at the foot of the table, where there's been a bit of movement, we've got Bishops Lydiard. Um, they're at the bottom. They've got uh, they've played 27 games. They've got 20 points. Just above them, Titherington Rocks, who parted company with their manager Jake Edwards this uh, this week. Um, uh, although they did win, of course, um, they've played 29. They've got 22 points. And then four points above them, Almondsbury. They've played 32 and they've got um, 26 points. And we've got three sides now all on 26 points. Um, Almondsbury, as I've just mentioned, Gillingham Town, who've played two, well, they've played four fewer games than Almondsbury on 28. And Radstock, who've played 28, um, who've played 29 games. Just above them, Bristol Telephones, who've played 30 and they're on 27. So increasingly congested right at the bottom into the middle of mid-table in the first division. And we... uh, as Tom rightly pointed out, we see a lot of these sides down there picking up wins. Radstock um, currently in form. Of course, Bristol Telephones. I think we can expect some good things of them. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of these sides now changing places on a regular basis. Very congested all the way up um, to mid-table in the first division. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Thank you for the drink. That's all right. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, of course, we used to do this in a pub. We did. But... Um, it, well, we didn't today, did we? We've come to we've time. come to my office um, for some sobriety, <laughs> and um, we have, of course, been reviewing your excellent bulletin. And it wouldn't be the Tool Station Western League podcast if we didn't ask you where the listeners can find your excellent bulletin. I suddenly have to wrap my brains and remember where it is, but it is on the Tool Station League uh, official website. And if you scroll down a little bit, it's then on the on the left hand side. There's a big yeah big. Uh, what would you call it? A big sort of button? Big button. I, I, it definitely is a big button. If you click that one, it will take you to the most recent one and you can download that in uh, PDF and Word uh, format and that comes out yeah every week looking back and, and also looking forward. So obviously it will have all your all your tables and scorers and, and links and whatnot to obviously if there's latest news and what have you, uh, that will all be in there. So that comes out every week and that's on the uh, Tool Station League official website. Excellent stuff. Um, of course, we will be back next week. Um, hopefully with some more news uh, about um, the proposed merger with the Peninsula League and the creation of the Western um, Peninsula League. Um, In the meantime, please stay tuned to the Western League website and social media because as and when information does become available and it does feel like, certainly if last week's anything to go by, it's changing on a a daily basis. Um, uh, it's well worth keeping glued as best you can to um, all sources of information. We'll be back next week. Um, but from now, um, Tom and I are off to enjoy a romantic candlelit dinner for two. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll let you know how that goes on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs> <laughs>